so there are a few saints who uh, have an element of their story which I find very, very consoling. And that is saints who converted late, in, relatively late now, the saints who converted late in life, right? Uh, St. Augustine had this, this expression, late have I loved you, Lord. You know, he lived this, this frivolous, superficial, uh, hedonistic life. And then eventually through uh, a number of circumstances we won't go into, uh, namely um, St. Ambrose uh, and the prayers of his good mother, of course, St. Monica, uh, St. Augustine comes around and, and uh, discovers the, the, the truth of who the Lord is, but, uh, but later in life. St. Teresa of Avila as well, uh, in her 40s, in 43 she was, when she had this rediscovery of her vocation. She was already a nun at, the point, at this point, like, but she just, within that then she just, uh, there's this moment of grace where she just realizes I've been, I've been taking it easy. I've been, you know, there's a way, there's always a way, even in a religious life, of choosing the easier path and choosing the easier jobs. And uh, yes, I shall be there. I must go pray the rosary while you peel the potatoes. You know what I mean? Uh, and there's always a way, if you, if you want to, like, you know, you know how the system works after a while where you can kind of dodge the hard jobs or the unpopular jobs, whatever it is. Uh, another one of those saints is um, St. Bridget. Now, it's not so much that she converted late in life, but she was, she was a mom. So this, we're talking about, this is back in the 14th century. So she was born in 1303. It's a long, long time ago. And she was married at 13. Don't be shocked. Uh, common practice at the time. Life expectancy was short. So anyway, married at 13. My goodness. Um, but she had uh, an experience somewhat like the experience that St. Faustina had. If you've ever uh, read her diary, the, 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 the beginning of it there where it speaks about her going out to a dance with her sister and all is all the music and all the dancing and all is, is good and good, maybe not good enough, but good. It was, I mean, it was something highly sinful, but during the dance, St. Faustina sees our Lord come to her after, so during his passion, after, so after his scourging crown of thorns, looking absolutely pitiful. And he says to her, how, how long will you keep me waiting? How long must I put up with you? Very, very stark uh, conversation to have in, in that kind of an environment. You know, then you, you kind of come back, the music comes back, and, and there you are, having had this, this moment of grace with the Lord that suddenly puts your whole context into a, a whole other category. This is all just so pointless if the Lord is calling me to something else. Well, St. Bridget has a similar experience where she sees, as, as he's called, the, the man of sorrows, you know, the, the, the Lord in, in, during his passion, the man of sorrows. Uh, this was in a dream, though, and uh, I just want to quote uh, what he said. The dream was very vivid, and Bridget asked him who had done this to him. She was, she was only a child at the time. Who had done this to him? And he answered, all those who despise my love. And this remained written on her heart that there are, there are people who don't want the love of God. It sounds, it sounds completely nonsensical, right? Why would you not want the love of God? Why would you not want to do what God wants? And yet... Is that not what happens every day, even, even to us? Like when we, we don't choose necessarily what God wants. Uh, hence sin, hence confession, right? So, so even with the best 
of, of, of intentions, we can still get it wrong. But what about those who haven't even got good intentions? My goodness, is this mountain of sin, this mountain of, 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 of darkness, of, 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 of evil, that just in our day, unfortunately, just keeps growing. Uh, all of those who, who despise the love of God. And it's interesting, when you, when you look at God, like, I think if you've ever seen, you're all big superhero fans, I presume, yeah? Out there, well, you all know the, the Superman. Superman is a classic, okay? So Superman, this this honourable, very powerful, effectively alien, I suppose, a man from a different different planet altogether. And uh, and we look at these movies, and and we see what, what what a person with a lot of power can do. You can you can do a lot of good, right? But even in those movies, not everyone likes the superhero. Not everyone likes Superman. You've got Lex Luthor who wants to destroy him, and so on and so forth. So just because something is good and powerful doesn't actually mean we're all going to like it. People can look at God, or especially, especially, this is so diabolical, like, you look at the cross and go, no, <laughs> I don't want a God that dies on a cross. No, I want a God who's powerful and lightning bolts, and when someone does something wrong, and he will smite all of my enemies. That's my kind of God. Well, what if you're the enemy of someone else? Then you would also be smited or smitten or whatever the past tense of smite is you know you see so sometimes we want a more powerful god or a god that kind of is powerful in our way in our terms in our understanding but a god who's so powerful that he's merciful loving forgiving fatherly tender maybe we that's maybe that's not what we want it's who he is but maybe that's not what we want and you can imagine, like, especially, you know, Satan himself, like, who is just so full of hatred at this God who's so loving. And who, when you strike him, he doesn't strike back. But he should, and he could. And he could just, you're gone. As in, you no longer exist. Not a problem for God. But he doesn't, he doesn't react that way. He's not like us. He is love. And he wants us to remain attached to him. Right? So he, I'm the vine, you are the branches, he says. So he wants us as branches to remain attached to him. Now, this again, this requires humility. It means that I, I don't have it all together myself. I don't walk on my own and I do my prayers and I do all of my holy things and my acts of service and I'm pretty amazing if you knew me well. You know, That's not how our faith works at all. It's, we, we walk knowing that we have fallen, that we may well fall again. We walk knowing that we are small. We walk knowing that all the good that we do is, is the grace of God through us. So we still, have to, uh, we still have to act. We still have to do things. We still have to make decisions. We still have to put these things into practice. So yes, we, we have something to do. We have, we have a part to play, yes. But all of the, the, the good, the grace, all of that came from God. We're, we're channels. And yes, God needs channels, but we're channels. We're not the grace. We're not the source of all this goodness. God is. So, you know, like from, from my perspective as a priest, I have to preach and teach and I have to celebrate. I do like doing these things, but this is, this is, this is my, my vocation. But if I, for a second, were to start thinking that any of this came from me, uh, then, I, then it's not the case of I, uh, the, the Lord being the vine and I being the branch, but it's, that's really me being the vine. 
well, sure, what do I know? Who am I like? Who am I to be preaching or teaching or celebrating? I, I don't, I, I have nothing from myself. Whereas the simplest of branches connected to the most wholesome of vines will produce chunky grapes. There's, um, uh, where our seminary is in Rome, there's, there are vineyards all around us. And uh, it's tough work, it's tough work. Uh, we see our, our neighbour, uh, Emilio, out there pruning away. And most of, a lot of it, well, some of it's done by machines, a lot of it's still done by hand uh, in this kind, of, uh, this kind of weather. This is actually, this would be a cool day uh, when, you're, when you're pruning grapes. Um, but, and is, is it still called Vino dei Preti? It is. Uh, so the, the, ever since our seminary moved there, they called the wine uh, the wine of the priest, priest wine. <laughs> and that's now marketed as priest wine. You know the way wines often have kind of funny names, like we won't go into it. Uh, but anyway, okay. Uh, so uh, this wine around, that's, that's grown around us now is called priest wine. And, uh, and it's, it's tough. It's tough work. It's, it's tough work. And when they started growing wine elsewhere, like in America, they would take Italian vines and bring them over there. Because like, that's, how, that's how precious they are. You don't just grow vines wherever you want, however you want. You know, like, they're, 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 they're cared for. They are taken care of. They are pruned, and they have the same plant for I don't even know how long. How long does a vine last? 15 years. Is that all? all right. So, but like, you, have to, you have to take care of them. Like, these are precious things. So in our faith, like the, the, the essential element of our faith is our connection with God, our link with God, which, which we have through the sacraments and through prayer. We'll be talking more about prayer later. But it's just, I think it's so freeing, liberating almost, to know that while we have our part to do, the heavy lifting is done by God. The grace that transforms hearts, that lifts people up out of the mire, the grace that, 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 that washes people clean from their sin, the, the Holy Communion itself, all of this is all God's work. It's all the, the vine. He needs branches. A vine on its own looks pretty miserable. You, you need branches. But the vine is doing all the work. It's holding everything up. It's sucking everything up from the earth. And that's us. And then the Lord mentions this, this one word, which none of us really like. Every branch that does bear fruit... He prunes. Who likes pruning? <laughs> I was going to say who likes prunes. That would be different. Uh, who likes pruning? Well, I don't think anybody does, really. To have our excess bits cut off, you know, our, our, our pride, our, our vanity, our self-seeking, uh, our arrogance, whatever that may be. Like, to have, to have that cut off, no, nobody enjoys that. But... These things aren't punishment. It's not that, oh, you're so proud, I'm going to cut you down to size. I love that, that Irish expression, which is actually awful. Oh, he got his comeuppance. See that now, yeah? Yeah, crashed his car. Oh, sure, yeah. big car, sure, look. He got his comeuppance now, didn't he? And it's actually an awful, it's a, when you think about it, it's a really awful thing to say. Because you're, you're saying, you know, he got what he deserved. Who are you to say what he did or didn't deserve? Anyway, um, so I like to see people getting cut down to size. But that's, that's not what it's, it's not a punishment. Why, why does this pruning happen? Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will bear even more. So it's not a punishment. It's to make us even more fruitful. So God knows what he's doing. 
So we, we remain connected to him through this, this, this lifeline of, of, of grace. And we do that, we keep those channels open through confession. If they get blocked, if our arteries get blocked through sin, we free them through, through confession. Then that grace continues to flow. But then it, see, it doesn't actually, it's not a dead end here at all. It doesn't just flow and stop. It flows to me. And the idea then is that it, it, it flows out from me to others. So that the grace that God has given me isn't for me. It's for those around me. And then when they receive grace, then the grace they receive is also for those around them. And so it just spreads out like trunk, little branches, small branches, the bog down in the valley. Oh, like it's just, you know, the branches are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and everyone is sharing what they got from the trunk, from the vine. That's how our family in the church should be. And so St. Bridget, in, in seeing the, the, the need in the church for, for prayer and for just this simple return to God, uh, she started these religious communities. She went to, to she, moved, she was obviously in Sweden for most of her life, then moved down to, uh, to Rome after so her husband died. She had eight kids, and then her husband died at, when she was 41. And then this, this idea of religious life um, she felt called by the Lord and prayed also for the unification of the church and, and so on, moved to Rome and uh, just after her death then her religious community was approved, the Brigidines. And yeah, they live a life con- contemplating the passion of Jesus and praying also in reparation uh, for the world. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful vocation. And we have something similar, to remain attached to the vine knowing then that all the good that we do comes from him and that all the good that we're all the graces that we're given are, are given to us for for others and so we can just be so at peace that lord whatever you want um there's a focus missionary i was talking to and i love this this idea this attitude he wakes up in the morning right and says to the lord lord what do you want me to do today I just, it's like a blank check. I'm kind of be excited rather than, oh Lord, whatever you want to entrust to me today, <laughs> just give me the grace to carry, okay? And we'll make it through together. <laughs> so rather than starting your day, kind of bracing yourself for impact, he starts day saying, Lord, where to today? That's very American. And, and he is kind of American. I think he's American. Uh, but like, where to today? What do you want me to do? Right? And let's go. And I just, that attitude is just fantastic, like. You know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Let's go, like, let's, let's do this. Whatever you want, blank check. Uh, and I think that that, that that positive attitude that the Lord is in control here. And the more of, of myself I give him, the more fruit I can bear for the glory of his name. So we all have a role in this. We all have uh, a vocation, uh, which in part will, will help the renewal of the church. So we ask St. Bridget of Sweden, to pray and intercede for each one of us for the renewal of the faith in Europe. We pray that our God who reveals himself as the suffering servant, as the man of sorrows, that he will be loved for his selflessness and for his self-emptying on the cross. Mm -hmm. That we will 
accept and work with every grace that the Lord wishes to give us today. And that we, with excitement, may walk this path of faith. Amen.